What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop Podcast. I'm your host, Will Amit, founder and CEO of Whoop, and we are on a mission to unlock human performance. We've got a great guest this week, someone I look up to, the PGA Tour Commissioner, Jay Monahan, and we'll get to him in half a second. First of all, a reminder, you can use the code Will Ahmed to get 15% off a Whoop membership. That's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D. Uh, Whoop membership comes with hardware and software and analytics, and it's designed to improve your health. Also, before we get to Jay Monahan, I want to give a shout out to Stuart Sink, who just won the RBC tournament over the weekend. Always good to see Whoop members winning golf tournaments, and we got two in a row. Hideki Matsuyama won last weekend. We got Stuart Sink this weekend. So pretty good in the world of golf, which is a great segue for Jay Monahan. You know, Jay had an incredibly steady hand during what was a chaotic year to be running a sports organization. The PJ Tour was the first sports league to come back and I think paved the way for others to return. And a lot of it comes back to Jay's leadership. The tour dealt with a number of positive COVID-19 tests shortly after returning to play. There was the Nick Watney incident where Nick Watney tested positive for COVID-19 in large part because he discovered an elevated respiratory rate on Whoop. So that's something that Jay and I reflect on. Now Whoop is the official fitness wearable of the PGA Tour. Jay and I talk about how excited we are for this partnership. It's really two parts. The first is to keep players healthy and performing at a high level. And the second is to create Whoop Live together. Whoop Live is our ability to bring heart rate to replays and to live broadcast on the PGA Tour. And you can actually check this out now if you if you look at our Instagram feed or you look at the PGA Tour's Instagram feed, you will see the latest Whoop Live including Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. It shows their heart rate in real time as they made various shots in a tournament. I think this is going to be awesome. I think it's going to change the way golf fans consume the sport. Jay and I talked a lot about that and it also uh, has a hook for charity. That's right. For each Whoop Live we feature, so every highlight, so to speak, that we choose as a uh, great highlight for the week, we're going to donate ten grand to that player's charity of choice. Uh, Jay and I also discuss why he believes COVID-19 was a renaissance for golf, how golfers on tour are as focused on health and performance as they've ever been in the history of professional golf. And we also talk about the global impact of Hideki Matsuyama's win at the Masters. I think this is a great podcast, and without further ado, here is Jay Monahan. Jay, welcome to the Loop Podcast. Thanks, Will. Great to be with you. So it's uh, two days after uh, the Masters here. Uh, did you get to uh, enjoy the Masters, and, and how great is it to have Hideki Matsuyama, first Japanese player, as a winner? Yeah, I, um, I did get an opportunity to enjoy every moment of the masters. Uh, I was up at Augusta national earlier in the week, came back, uh, for the weekend. And like so many was glued to the television all the way through to the conclusion on Sunday night. And, uh, it was a magical week and, uh, what an exciting, what an exciting victory, uh, and momentous victory for Hideki Matsuyama, you know, having seen him week in and week out work so hard, uh, over the years, having seen how popular he is in Japan when we go to Japan for the Zozo championship. And when you just look at the consumption numbers, it was, uh, 
knowing how much it meant to him and how much it meant to his country and how much it meant to the game and for all that to come together at once was was really powerful. And I think it's uh, it's a power that's going to stay with us for some time. That's a moment that we won't forget. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I was I was fortunate to be there on uh, Saturday and Sunday. And so I was walking with uh, with his group a bit and with uh, Will Zalatoris' group a bit. It was also cool to see both of them on Whoop. I, di- I, you know, I didn't even know they were wearing Whoop. So that was a bit of a bonus for uh, for us. And uh, you probably caught it, but did you see Hideki's caddy uh, bow to the to the golf course and to the pin at the end of the round. I thought that was such a beautiful moment. It really was. It was, um, I caught it. And I think that's just a, that's just such a powerful image and powerful, powerful moment that I think will, will, will stick with us and certainly will be remembered by people for a long time to come. Again, that moment meant so much to Hideki, to, uh, to golf fans throughout the world, golf fans in Japan and, you know, we've got 94 players from 29 countries and, you know, they're out there representing their countries every single week. And that's, that's something that I'm sure is, is, is one of the more powerful images that people are looking at back in Japan today. Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. So uh, you are, of course, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. Is, is that something of like a dream come true for you and in, in, uh, getting to be you know, overseeing uh, a lot of the golfing world? I feel very fortunate and really grateful to, to work for the PGA Tour. And um, that will never be lost on me. And uh, I love the athletes that we represent and advocate for every single day. I love the values they convey. I love the values of our sport. And I love the fact that it's a sport of a lifetime. And, you know, I play it. I work in it. Uh, so many people I know and love uh, uh, play the game. And um, I just think that that this game uh, does so much for the communities where we play, uh, for so many worthwhile charities. The, the purpose of what we do that's conveyed to the game, I think, is incredibly powerful. And I think the world uh, has responded very well to that, and the world needs more of it. And we have the perfect set of athletes that represent that. Now, if I understand correctly, your grandmother is the one who got you into golf. Is that right? Yes, Granny Annie. <laughs> and and you're a low you're a low single digit yourself, and uh, and you are a great college athlete, right? Well, low and great might be two words that I'm a <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I was fortunate to play hockey all the way through college and golf all the way through college and golf is my, again, is my lifetime sport. But, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fourth generation player of the game in our family and, and every, um, you know, my grandmother, my grandfather, and certainly my dad and two brothers and all of our family, we've played the game all of our lives. And it's been the glue that's really kept us together through, through the decades. It's an amazing game, amazing sport. It's an amazing way to meet people and get to spend a lot of time with them. I mean, how many activities are there where you can spend four or five hours with someone, you know, side by side? It's pretty unique, right? Yeah, and I think I think that that, that concept, think about how challenging and starved we all are with our own time. And uh, if someone called you and said, listen, Will, I'm so impressed with what you've done with Whoop. I'd like to learn more about it. Do you mind if I come in and spend four hours with you? <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, and you go out and you play golf with three people. Oftentimes people you don't know, 
and you learn so much about them. You, you learn so much just by being around them. And that's one of the things that makes the game so beautiful. Well, it really does. And, uh, and you've done a, a phenomenal job uh, leading the PGA Tour during what's been a crazy 15 months. Let's go back to uh, March 2020. You showed me a great photo of you announcing your new TV rights deal. And on the television, it's like a bunch of red numbers because, of course, it's, it's sort of now becoming obvious that COVID-19 is going to be a global pandemic. I mean, go back to that moment in time. What were you thinking? Well, that, that was the morning of Monday, March 9th. And uh, that headline, which is permanently embedded in my brain, said Dow futures plummet. The market was down 1,300. Yeah. I think you fast forward to Thursday night when we postponed our season and Friday morning where we spent some time with, with the media and explained our decision. Uh, at that moment, you know, I, I, the truth be told, I think like a lot of people, I was in shock. Because as bad as things were on Monday when we were announcing that transformative media rights deal, never in my wildest dream did I imagine that by the end of the week we wouldn't be playing. Even on Monday, I thought it was something we would be dealing with in the weeks ahead. And so there was so much uncertainty for everybody. Uh, when, you, when you really look back and you think about that, um, you were doing your best to process it. And at the same time, once we left here, I spent that weekend, the early part of the following week, trying to get my arms around how we educate ourselves so we put ourselves in a position to be, alongside my teammates, as knowledgeable as we could be working with our industry partners, ultimately, to come back at a time frame that was reasonable and would be supported by health and safety experts. But I think that that, I think that, that time, as each day passes, becomes more and more blurry. And and there was a long period of time, 91 days from the moment that we stepped away to the moment that we returned in Fort Worth at the Charles Schwab Challenge. And it was, uh, you know, that period was one of the most intense periods for uh, for so many people involved with the PGA Tour, including our players who were such an integral part of uh, our thought process and the education of, of what we were dealing with and how we were proposing to come back. We, we, we came back within 90 days because we had incredible involvement from our players and we had great counsel and great support from the communities and, and sponsors that we have. And, you know, well, I think the nice thing now that we're here, you know, we're continuing to play uh, our sport was front and center for, a period of time there when other sports weren't available to people. And I think it had in many respects and the numbers bear it out. It's, it's, it's been a Renaissance for our game, not the way you want it to get there, but I think by acting responsibly, it's certainly been, you know, it's, it's been, it's been great for our game and our players deserve a lot of credit for that. Our players, LPGA tour players and golfers were out playing there in June. Well, you were the first sport to come back, uh, which made you really a leader in the, the whole professional sports world. What was sort of the quick checklist in your mind that, that got you comfortable doing that? You know, I think um, ultimately we're invited guests in every community where we play. Yep. So the immediate, you know, the immediate checklist was, have we devised a health and safety program and set of protocols that significantly mitigates any risk for our players and constituents, recognizing we were returning without spectators. And, yep. so, and at that point, 
the players were the ultimate arbiters and we had full support to return. But then you had to go back into each one of those communities working with health and safety officials, laying out our protocols and making certain that, uh, you know, that they were approved, they were understood, recognizing that we didn't have all the answers and we would have to be adaptive and responsive based on what we were learning week in and week out. And uh, to have everybody lined up, um, there certainly was some, you know, some concern and, uh, you know, as we came back, but, you know, we had a commitment to just be eyes wide open, learn as much as you can, make the right adjustments and try and continue to keep moving forward in a responsible way. Yeah. And I mean, you and, and your team also had a very steady hand through the whole thing. You know, there were a lot of moments where I feel like you were getting an enormous amount of pressure. Um, you know, I remember the Travelers Tournament, you know, earlier in the week, there was hazmat suits at one point on site and the media was asking you, hey, are you going to shut this thing down? You guys have kind of come back fast relative to other sports. And you said effectively, look, if we don't find a way to play through this, there might not be golf until uh, 2022. And I thought that was just such a, an important way to frame the whole conversation and to sort of frame it as, hey, we're trying to learn how to live in this environment. Yeah, and I think, you know, preceding that, so Friday uh, the week prior in Hilton Head at the RBC Heritage was our first positive test. Right. It was Nick Watney. Yeah. Keep in mind, at that point, we were testing prior to going to the tournament, testing upon arrival, and then Nick, looking at his WHOOP data, saw that his respiratory rate had spiked. And because you had educated him uh, as a customer and a partner, he recognized that something was up. That was an early sign for COVID. And so he went, he tested positive. And you, once I heard that, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that. That's how significant a moment it was. Wow. Significant because I thought what Nick did was extraordinarily noble. I mean, we, everyone, we're asking everyone to be extremely mindful of any symptoms. And, you know, he raised his hand, said, I think, I think I've got a problem. He tested and, and thankfully our teams had been in discussions since 2018. And I know you received a phone call from Dan Glott and our team. And, and that's on Friday afternoon and on Monday in Hartford, every single player and caddy was being presented with a whoop bracelet. And so by the time you get to Wednesday, to me, that was emblematic of, you know what, we're going to do, we're going to listen, we're going to learn, we're going to do everything we can to ad adapt in intelligent ways. But we, you know, we really do need to learn to live with this because it's going to be with us for some time. So... I think it was knowing that you've got great partners, great resources, and that and and that that willingness to to learn and adapt. I think gave us the confidence behind the fact that we've just got a set of athletes that had been out for ninety days that took their responsibility very seriously. And it started with Nick, and there were a number of others along the way that raised their hand and said, you know, and took responsibility. And that was such a huge part of it. You know, it's such a great point about Nick uh, taking a lot of personal responsibility. I mean, he, he's wearing a product for 10 months in Whoop that is helping him measure his body, and he was cleared to play. Like, he easily could have just said, well, you know, I want to play in the tournament. I'm not going to, you know, 
jeopardized my ability to play, but he, he kind of was selfless and, uh, and really, you know, got that additional test and fortunately was able to quarantine and I think protect a lot of, a lot of the tour at that time. So, and, and frankly, it was a little surreal of a moment for us as well. I mean, we had done a lot of this research on respiratory rate, which you mentioned was the leading indicator for Nick and now has been the leading indicator for thousands of others, you know, but it, it was a little surreal for us to realize that we had a data set on our hands that could play such an important role in helping people understand their bodies during this pandemic. And so to get that call and say, hey, can you have a thousand whoop straps for, and this is where I, I also knew you guys were really uh, taking everything so seriously. It wasn't just for the players, right? You had to create the whole bubble. It was for the players, it was for the caddies, it was for the staff, and it was for the media. And it was for you know all the different tours as well. That was an exciting moment. There was a moment where we had to be like, okay, how do we get all the people there and make sure we can onboard everyone? But, you know, as someone who was inside the bubble for a number of those tournaments, Travelers being the first, again, I I was really impressed with just how seriously you took it, how seriously the players took it. I thought the whole testing procedures were pretty spot on. I imagine that was like a million phone calls to get right. You know, because this is June of 2020. At that time, it was still a bit chaotic to get tested normally, right? And here I show up, I've got a, a, you know, a facility that I go to, they do the swab, an hour later, I get a result that allows me to go in. There's certain places you can go, can't go, masks, everyone's wearing. I mean, it was, it was really solid. Well, we were fortunate that that Sanford Health, our partner on PGA Tour Champions, provided us with those mobile labs. That enabled us to come back when we did and be able to sustain our return. But I'll throw it back to you. I mean, I, I starting in Hartford and for each subsequent week to walk into the clubhouse, to walk into player dining and see your team there educating our players as they were being onboarded. Our players had so many questions, were so curious. And then now to see it, you know, to watch any one of our broadcasts or just to be on property at one of our tournaments and see how many players, you know, have benefited from your product, your technology, and your great people has been very meaningful to us. So thank you. No, thank you, Jay. It's been uh, it's been a real pleasure. And um, so now, you know, Whoop is the official fitness wearable of the PGA Tour. We're very proud of that partnership. And I think it's, you know, really two things to simplify the partnership. The first is obviously helping with player health and player performance. And the second is this whole idea of of Whoop Live, Whoop Live for charity. Why don't we start first by talking a little bit about uh, player health and performance. You've been around the game forever. I mean, just the, the overall focus on health has changed so dramatically within professional golf. I think that when you look at our players as a collective, their focus on health is, is constant and, and understanding their bodies, understanding their, you know, how they optimize their performance, uh, both from a health standpoint and from an on golf course standpoint has been, you know, it's a never ending exercise. That's a never ending pursuit. And, you know, you, you, you look at the, the players today, and the amount of time that they're spending, you know, understanding their bodies and Whoop has, been, has contributed an enormous amount on that front and then understanding what they're learning and how that contributes to performance. I think even you would admit we're still in the relatively early stages, but you know, acceptance and commitment to understanding 
is ubiquitous in our sport. I mean, I look at every player is trying to learn as much as they can in order to improve their own performance. And now with technological advancements with great companies like yours coming forward, it's uh, there really is an opportunity to learn and, and to continue to improve across the board. And it's, it's exciting because there's so much more potential. And I think that this will continue to be a huge storyline. And as players learn more about their bodies and learn more about their performance, I think fans are the ultimate beneficiary because all those storylines are, are, are very, very interesting and they themselves can benefit. I mean, what's being learned by a PGA tour player in many respects, as that becomes more apparent to an average golfer like myself, it starts to affect the way I think about, and we all think about our own performance. Such a good point. I mean, it was really only the 90s, you could argue, when professional athletes first started lifting weights. And, you know, now you can't go to a hotel in America that doesn't have a gym, right? And in a lot of ways, that that story was told through professional athletes and professional sports. Here's what lifting weights can do for your body. And I think one of the next stories to be told through the lens of sports is around sleep and recovery. I think that's in part or maybe in large reason why WHOOP has grown quickly in the PGA Tour. I mean, uh, at least if we just go back two or three years, it was growing pretty organically within the Tour, mm -hmm. and you had a lot of players gravitating to it. And initially, that was a little bit of a surprise, and then you you, you talk to the players and you realize how much they're they're focused on, well, you know, what's my diet doing to my body? What's my travel doing to my body? Am I spending, you know, too much time actually at the range and not enough time stretching or recovering? And then you, the more you just think about a professional golfer's life, it's really nonstop. You know, a basketball player will play basketball maybe for two hours a day. A golfer might play golf for like nine hours in a day, right? And so there's just an enormous amount of time and, and stress accumulation. And for, I think, a lot of these golfers now to recognize or to just refocus on things like sleep. It's, it's been really cool for us to see. Yeah. And I think that, um, I can only imagine. And, and for, for players, like you look at our shot link system and a player can go all the way back to 2006 and see every shot that they've hit, track it, understand a lot about their performance across a number of different variables. And now we're a few years into really understanding how their body performs some who've been uh, involved with Whoop for a longer period of time have, are, are learning a lot more and have, have an advantage. And, and I think that those that, that are now on it are continuing to you know, you learn day to day, week to week. And everybody, everybody's body re responds differently. And uh, everybody has different patterns to the way they operate. And everybody has to, they all have to find what makes them what works best for them. It's hard to do that in the absence of data. Totally. I mean, I, you know, I was playing with, um, with Rory McIlroy, you know, a few weeks ago and we were talking about this. Rory's been on Whoop for a few years now. And I think we can all agree he's one of the best golfers of the last decade. And he, he's looking at, you know, things like specific sleep data and journal information alongside scoring and Hey, what's the perfect recipe for some of my best scores? And uh, I think that's, that's the power of, of big data. Uh, a funny story. We were fairly early on, probably three or four weeks uh, into, it was probably six weeks into our return. I was at the Memorial Tournament. 
you know, I wasn't sleeping much, um, but I'm not a PGA tour player. And so, but I, I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I had the whoop strap. I was learning as I was going. And one of our players, everybody was sharing their information across the table. And then they asked me to pull my information up and let's just say that I wasn't sleeping because I wasn't sleeping particularly well. There was a lot of laughter in the room, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it was, I don't think anybody would expect any differently, but um, the strap doesn't lie. That, that's right. Whoop tries not to lie for sure. Yeah. Doesn't sugarcoat much. And, and that's an interesting point too. I mean, one of the things I found uh, very cool and unique about being fortunate to be in a few of those those bubbles and and you know for our audience listening it's it's literally just the players the caddies and and the tour staff i mean there's really no one else there and so in a way it's like joining a country club with the best golfers in the world and much like a country club where you just sit down at a table and you're talking to other people that was the vibe of of seeing you know all of these world greats um in a room together and i was blown away by how collaborative and inclusive and you know i think just generally outgoing the players are with one another and i think it's pretty unique to the pga tour i mean i've been around a lot of different professional sports as have you but golfers seem to believe that they're competing against the golf course much more than they're competing against each other you know the way justin thomas got on whoop years ago was because rory told him to get on whoop yeah. Right, they, they they almost don't think of each other as direct competitors as much as collaborators. Uh, that's very well said, and um, they are constantly learning from each other, constantly sharing with each other. You know, so many players are, you know, they'll they'll, they'll speak, they'll go visit the games greats to understand what made them, you know, how they prepare, yeah. how they prepare for certain golf courses, certain championships, how they overcame challenging moments in their career it's uh current day players relate extremely well to each other and there's a there's a longevity and longevity and a connection to past champions and greats of the game that i think is really really special and unique in our sport and to the point you were making about the collaborative nature of our players you know the one thing that that um you know when we returned you were in your hotel or you were at the golf course and so players were spending a lot of time practicing and preparing, um, but they didn't have a dinner go- to go to. They didn't have a number of functions over the course of the day. And so this whole moment was a reset for all of us. And there were a lot of silver linings. But when I look at that environment, look back on that environment that you described, I think it brought everybody uh, even more closely together uh, than at any other point because it, it was just us. And by the way, probably will never happen again. I mean, hopefully it never happens again, right? Like when again, are you going to have professional golf tournaments with no one, no one there like that? So it was, it was a unique moment in time. All right, let's talk about the second element of, uh, of our partnership, which is this idea of, of Whoop Live and Whoop Live for charity. Whoop Live being this notion of bringing heart rate data, bringing other physiological data points to replays and to television as golfers are playing. What does that as a concept mean to you? Well, I remember talking to you about this in Hartford as we were uh, walking alongside the first hole. And um, I just, and and you had shared with me some of the data uh, from players in those those moments during incredible or peak performances or, or moments of great stress. And 
I just think, you know, and Justin's uh, victory here at the players and his shot on 18 and that spike in his heart rate. I mean, yeah. we all experience that, but we don't really know the data behind it. And to be able to showcase that and unearth that it's, it's very, I mean, it's very human. I mean, the, the amount of pressure and the amount of stress that these guys are under uh, during those moments, I think is going to be extremely compelling to fans. Uh, and it also gives them just a, you know, just gives you a more, a more direct connection and it humanizes what's actually happening to them in those moments. And the fact that you guys are, that you're engaging fans and we're engaging fans and we're educating them in that way. And then at the same time, uh, contributing $10,000 for charity, uh, I think is, uh, is, is just, it's just a wonderful program. I'm really excited about it. I know our players are. Yeah. So, so to clarify on that, when a player has sort of a, an epic moment, and they're wearing Whoop, we'll be able to create a replay with heart rate data on top of it. And Whoop in turn will donate $10,000 to a charity of their choice for every one of those highlights, which I think is a nice tie-in as well. Talk a little bit about uh, the way that the PGA Tour has you know, contributed to, to charities and, uh, and really given back, I think, in a big way. Listen, making a meaningful difference in every community where we play is, you know, that's kind of the the heartbeat of this organization and it goes back to our origin. And so virtually every single one of our tournaments is run by what we call a host organization. Typically those organizations are 501 C threes, the net proceeds from each tournament go to charity. Uh, and so when we have great partners like whoop that are contributing to these programs over the course of the season, numerous charities are benefiting and that is connected to every one of our tournaments. And then when you look at collectively our tournaments in 2019, we raised $200 million for charities. Uh, last year, even in a pandemic, raised $160 million. We've raised over $3 billion since inception. Those are all big numbers. I think yeah. what really matters is just the number, our connection to those communities, those organizations understand those communities exceedingly well. Um, and they know the organizations where we can make a big difference by supporting them. And we've been doing it in many cases for decades and decades. And like I said earlier, it's, um, you know, the world needs, we all need to, we all need more love in the world and we all need to be doing our part. And, and it's one of the, one of the many beauties of the PJ tour business model. And on top of that, you know, you've created all of these secondary benefits because you know you you create big personalities for players and these players you know then create their own foundations i mean many of the best players have their own foundations uh i mean just the tiger woods foundation alone has done an enormous amount of good yeah it really has and um to that point you've got players that are coming out in their early 20s that are asking how do i set up a foundation how do i you know, how do I organize all of my activities away from our tournaments to make a difference? And uh, players support each other in their charitable endeavors. Uh, and it's part of the fabric of what happens out on the PGA Tour every single week. Now, you've been on Whoop for a while. What are, what are a couple of things maybe you've learned about your body, Jay, uh, as we let you get out of here? N- any new sleep tips you want to share with uh, other hard hard-charging executives or... I just, for me, it's, it's, if I can, if I can repeat my behaviors, if I can get into the right patterns, meaning that if I, you know, for me, I like to go to sleep no later than 10 o'clock on any given night. And I find that when I do, even if I have to get up earlier, 
my numbers will be better over time than if I start getting into inconsistent patterns. And so I, I have purposely gone out of my way to create more structure around how I get to manage my sleep, which ultimately affects my recovery. And um, I'm not perfect, but I've made a lot of progress as it relates to my diet and understanding how both my diet and my physical activities, which for the last 13 months have been resigned predominantly to walking and being on my Peloton, how that has such a big bearing on my ability to perform at what I hope is a high level. Well, you're definitely performing at a high level. You're nice to say that. I'm uh, like, like everybody else, it's, you know, you're always trying to, to improve and to get better. And you have helped us do that as an organization. And I know that you've helped so many of our players do that. And for me personally, uh, I thank you for that as well. And I, I really commend the way that I love the story of how you started your business. I love, you know, you followed a curiosity and you've taken it to, to wonderful places. And I think as our fans think to the future and think about how they're going to be engaging our tour and with our players, I know that you're going to be a huge part of that. And uh, we've got a commitment to continue to evolve and innovate. And we're, we're proud to do that alongside you, Will. No, I really appreciate that, Jay. I mean, one of the, one of the great pleasures for for me in getting to build this business has been able to, um, you know, meet a lot of uh, terrific leaders, and uh, and you are every bit that. So I've uh, I've enjoyed watching how you've handled everything during the pandemic, and uh, I think just really executed really really well. I think it's been hard. We just got to keep doing it, right? Yeah, let's keep going. Well, again, Jay, this was a pleasure, man. Uh, congrats on everything, uh, on the success for golf uh, over the last 15 months and to you and your team. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. We need to get out in a golf course together. And thank yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's right. We got to get out on the golf course. Maybe we'll get out at the TCC next time you're in Boston. I love it. Thank you to Jay for coming on the Whoop podcast a reminder you can check out the whoop live for charity on the pga tour instagram feed or social media channels you're going to see a lot more of whoop live in the coming weeks uh, you can get 15 percent off a whoop membership with the code will ahmed that's w-i-l-l-a-h-m-e-d check us out on social at whoop at will ahmed and stay healthy folks stay in the green